0: We are in our sixth sermon, I guess, or sixth opening of Joshua, traveling with Joshua. Call it Turning North. We've given you the geographical reason to get in the direction to follow where we believe, or as Joshua and them did, God's will. Let me just begin by saying, please listen to the message today. I think it is sorely needed, sorely needed, Great things are now happening for this nation called Israel Israel has come to a most significant moment Let me recall that their national history that began some 800 years before with the promise to Abraham It is now entering an entirely new stage for God promised that patriarch that he would bring Israel into their own nation And God desires to keep that promise if you're here today and God's ever made you a promise write this down you may be in the midst of a holding pattern but I will tell you this God wants to complete the promise and the will his will in your life so here they are Entering a new stage, let's travel the last few weeks very quickly. Joshua and Israel, because of the time now, the the generation past has died off. They're prepared to move, and they have moved. They've moved to the eastern shore or banks of the Jordan River and then they prepared to see and they sent the spies i said for weeks they not only saw the army in the fortified city but they also saw god moving in the hearts of people got already moving. Their personal faith is increasing, and others' faith are influenced. We talked about Rahab and her family. Their own hearts are now completely convinced that so much so, they decided to be crossover people. That was the third time. Then Joshua and Israel prepared to experience, and they have experienced, but not in just the sense of what's going on. There is a spirit world as real as the physical world. Joshua's. They watched and experienced Joshua's principle of giving himself to God's plan. Joshua's being willing to face all the obstacles of leadership and the leading of a nation. They have watched Joshua wait for clear direction. They have experienced Joshua's responding to that direction and their response with confidence in God listen when God's at the helm you can have confidence in God and through that process Israel has prepared last week to speak It was important to speak, leaving something behind that says something about how we have had a relationship with God. And that, those stones that we talked about last week, they speak, those stones recorded their desire, Israel's desire, and their faith, and their approach, and their God. And now, this morning, we arrive Israel is preparing and poised to triumph. Jericho and its defeat is right in front of them. Now they're encamped at a place called Gilgal, preparing to attack this known city, Jericho. The fifth chapter of Joshua has only 15 verses, yet there is tremendous amount of homiletical material in this chapter. This chapter in its homiletical power, it reestablishes the rite of circumcision. It reestablishes the observance of Passover. I trust you know but here's something else this chapter records it records the cessation of the daily manna this is the last day that manna will come from heaven we'll talk about it in a minute this chapter also records Joshua's encounter with the commander of the Lord's army how many of you would like to have a physical absolute visitation from Christ himself it might scare us to death I'm telling you, it would change our world, wouldn't it? And yet, he comes to live in us. Thank God he dwells in us by spirit. So, at Gilgal, Israel is actually, really, after all the prophecies for 800 years, they are actually now in the land of Canaan, ready to attack Jericho. Let's join them. What are we experiencing? We have seen God do miraculous things. Part the Jordan, we have have seen God give manna every day. We have watched the provision of God. Now we're poised and we are camped on the edge of Jericho and we know all about its army. There were still giants there. WE KNEW THIS CITY WAS A MAJOR CITY THAT NO OTHER ARMY COULD DESTROY THEM. I WONDER IF WE ARE CAMPED OUT NOW KNOWING THAT JERICHO AND ITS BATTLE IS IN FRONT OF US AND WE ARE PERHAPS ANXIOUS, WONDERING IF WE WILL SUCCEED IN CONQUEST. I want to share something with you. No matter what God speaks to your heart and your mind, Satan will always try to negate it. And maybe know what it is to battle mentally. It's one of the greatest battles a Christian will ever know. So here we are Gilgal and here is the significant moment. So follow me. Ironically, they're ready to attack. Jericho is in front of them and suddenly again the second time God has interrupted. He has something else in mind. If you're an impatient person, God has ways to teach us that he has his own timing. How many of you have been through that? It's just that way it is. we, We are so, in Western Hemisphere, we're so prone to want something and get it quickly, we don't know much about waiting, and we're not much on waiting, are we? So I'd like to say something about that in America. I wonder how many people have actually saved the money and then bought the automobile Compared to those who went ahead and bought it and then paid for it later I just tell you we're pretty impromptu people. We want what we want and we want it now if not yesterday It's time to renew This significant moment God says it's time to renew I want that word to sink into our hearts and our spirits. I want us to talk about today our nation. I want us to think as a nation, the one we live in that we love. I want us to think about our church. I want us to think about our families. I want us to think about us as individuals. It is time to renew. I hate to say get back to anything, but I think it's time to renew a consecration to the Lord. First of all, point A, if you will, I want you to notice that Israel, their, their renewed embrace of God's program. Look with me at Joshua 5. I'm going to read it verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come up out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised But all the people who were born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were the men of war Who came out of Egypt were consumed watch this? I want you to notice this these were God's people, but they were consumed because of decisions that they made I want to stop and say, ladies and gentlemen, decisions have ramifications. Why do you think there's such a warfare for your mind? Because decisions have ramifications. Your decisions determine your destiny. This generation, this older generation that has now died off, listen, they were consumed because they did not what? what was it they did not obey the voice of the lord to whom the lord swore that he would not show them the land which the lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey so joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way So it was when they had finished circumcision, notice this, all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day so the children of Israel Camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho My first point is this, under renewed embrace of God's provision, let's notice that God's plan had been put on hold. I want you to know that there's only one creature than creation that I know that can, that can change and can limit God. It is true you read in the Old Testament another place where one tribe actually limited God What I mean in that limit is that God himself can do all things, but he never ever forces the human will It's always our choice and we can either choose God's will and obey it or we can pay the consequences i would just ask you how many generations does it take and how many times do we have to hear it preached and how many ways Do we have to know it from Genesis to Revelation? How many ways and seeing all that happens? Why do we never get it in our heart and our mind that God expects? obedience Wow So it's on hold didn't change God, didn't change his will, didn't change his plan, but we've made choices. It got quiet, didn't it? (laughs) God's plan for Israel had been on hold because of disobedience and unbelief. We are struggling in America today after some 50 years, or at least since I've been born, of a whole society who does not want to believe God, who thinks his book is ancient. He thinks it's archaic. Get it out of our lives. We want nothing to do with it. We no longer believe in this book. Most majority of our nation doesn't. And of course, we're disobedient. What in the world do you think is any different from that generation that didn't get their reward compared to ours? You say, Pastor, that's negative. I want to tell you, negative or positive, ladies and gentlemen, America better renew or we're going to pay for it ourselves. Well, Pastor, your outlook is not very good. Listen, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he'll keep me. I'm talking about our nation, and I'm talking about this generation. Because of the previous generation's failure to trust God and follow him at Kadesh Barnea They forfeited their entry into Canaan the promised land. I want to make sure we understand that was not God's decision It was their decision And any nation that's ever been destroyed is because they're destroyed on their own decision We're going to see Israel next week defeat the Canaanites in Jericho, but it is not because God is some kind of an angry tyrant. It is because sin always produces death. These people had become so pagan, and they literally were Satan worshipers in every kind of religion you can imagine. God had given them opportunity. They had heard about this people of God. All these generations, I don't have to defend God, but I get weary of everybody saying, we want to do what we want to do. We want to live like we want to live, and then we want God to absolutely grace us with no ramifications whatsoever. I want to tell you, you're Decisions have results And let me just say I know I lose all my friends, but it's not somebody else's problem or fault. It's yours One of the things I think we need to renew in America is the sense of the fact that we do like it or not individually have responsibilities and you're responsible for your own life You're responsible for what you do. The scripture tells us that we are not an island unto ourselves, and everything we do affects someone else. Did you hear it, teenagers? Everything you do affects somebody else. And so, can I tell you, you don't really have a right to do anything you want, any way you want it, anyhow you want it, and have everything just like you want it because you have relationships and you're responsible to the to Almighty God to be a witness to them. Whoop! Glory. Hallelujah. On hold. This whole promise, everything is on hold because they failed. To trust God they failed to obey God and forfeited their right into Canaan secondly here's the restart circumcision in verse 5 Passover in verse 10 these had faded from national observation so now this new generation must restart what Israel had lost when Moses died God's plan had been resumed Because, ladies and gentlemen, I say it again, God intends to finish what he starts. God finished so that he could keep his promise to the patriarchs. With this restart, God focuses once again on the practices that have meaning to a people that are intent on following him. And now Israel has shown in the last few chapters They have shown their willingness. Let's rehearse it again. They were willing to move and they did. They were willing to see and they saw. They were willing to be crossover faith people. They were willing to experience not only the natural but the supernatural. They were willing to pause and let their lives speak as we talked about last Sunday. They have demonstrated their commitment to obedience and faith, let me put it in simple words, that the number one relationship that deserves all of our attention is our relationship with God. We're in a world that makes everything else more important than God. He gets an hour and a half a week mostly now. Two reflections I wanna say about the meaning of circumcision. Number one involves healing. Verse 8, if we read it, says this. They stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed. There is a healing required out of circumcision. The King James Version until they, says until they were whole. The Hebrew word there is, uh, I'm sorry, yes, Hebrew word was koyah. It, it has a double meaning this word healing or being whole, a double meaning. First of all, it is the literal healing of the flesh due to the operation. Secondly, it is a spiritual healing. So follow me. Circumcision is a wounding and a recovery. Circumcision is a death and a resurrection. This refers to the healing. And secondly, it, uh, it two, number two involves a reproach. We read it a while ago, verse 9 I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. This is in reference to the humiliation of slavery in Egypt. They were, Israel was insulted and disgraced, enslaved by all the nations, and now they have become a free nation, and circumcision is a sign of their freedom. I want to declare to you, God never intended for any people, human being, any place, and any time to ever be a slave to another. And second expectation is this. First healing, the second is this, to celebrate the Passover. If you remember, Israel is in Egypt. There was that edict of God's judgment that would come. They had to kill the spotless lamb, take the blood, put it over the doorpost of their home. That night, the death angel would come. If the house had the blood of the spotless lamb over the door, everything was fine. If it did not, the first male of every family would be destroyed. And it brought sorrow unbelievable to Egypt. But don't you know, The Hebrews were glad about the blood of the Lamb. It's all a picture of our salvation coming in the New Testament. Actually, Passover is a Thanksgiving celebration. God said, observe it every year, observe it every year because it commemorated their escape from Egypt. It brings to us our salvation and how we see God started in Genesis 3 all the way to today that we might be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, these were moments of reconsecration that Israel needed just a little bit more about that in a minute secondly notice this their renewed understanding of God's provisions Joshua 11 and two, 5 11 and 12 and they ate of the produce of the land on that day after the Passover unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day Verse 12, now the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. I want you to just notice this for a reason. Something dramatic happened as soon as Israel celebrated the Passover. The next morning, the manna stopped. After they had eaten of the fruit and the grain of Canaan, the manna stopped. The reason I want to pay attention to that is this. For this generation that has now we've been traveling with the last few weeks, this generation, for that, manna had been all they had ever known. Think about that. Remember we talked to, remember, a week or two ago about their clothes never worn out. I love the picture of the guy in a pair of booties. I just like the humor. But can you imagine? They've never had anything to eat except manna, with that one exception of quail. That's all they've ever known. It has always been there. How many of you like to get things as they are and keep it? It's just, wow, I like it just like this. It was always there. Suddenly it's gone. Suddenly it's gone. Now the truth is they must work for their own food And that must have been a a big change for them. That must have been something, well, how do we know and all that? I'm just trying to bring it to a human place here. But suddenly we get the fruit. We get the grains. We're in a whole different world. We have to go get it. But here's the point. Israel quickly discovered that God... Continued to provide for them and much better things. I want to tell you something. Sir, ma'am, young person, church, nation, <coughs> get in the middle of God's will and God will show you things <laughs> you haven't enjoyed yet. <coughs> God will show you so many things <laughs> that he had in mind for you. Excuse me. He provided not only for the entrance into Canaan, he provided for the existence in Canaan. Yes, it was a change in circumstance, but God, ladies and gentlemen, in every generation has promised to provide our needs. And may we believe God will provide your need. Soon, Israel will face many unknowns. This is a whole new world to them, including Jericho and lots of other obstacles. Israel is growing in the knowledge of God, and one of the first things they learn, I provided for your fathers, I will provide for you. The third thing I want to notice, I need to move. Their renewed respect, and the next two points is where I really want to spend our time. They had their renewed respect of God's person. Chapter 5, 13 and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Let's place ourselves where Joshua is here next to, in Canaan, next to Jericho on a plane in the evening. We're praying and suddenly the pre-incarnate son of God with a sword in his hand appears. The man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went to him and said to him I think I I identify with Joshua here's a I think a, a man that has a sword he goes are you for us or for our adversaries I want you to watch the response so he said no but as commander of the army of the Lord I HAVE NOW COME. CHURCH, WATCH THIS. GENERATION 2022, 20, WATCH THIS. AND HE FELL ON HIS FACE TO THE EARTH, AND WHAT? HE FELL ON HIS FACE, AND WHAT? AND SAID TO HIM, WHY DOES MY LORD, WHAT DOES MY LORD SAY TO HIS SERVANT? I WANT YOU TO HEAR ME. I'M GOING TO COVER IT AGAIN A LITTLE LATER when you really get in the presence of God and you want to be in relationship with him, you'll worship him. And the very next thing you want to do is obey him. (laughs) Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take the sandals off your foot for the place where you are standing is what? And Joshua did so. Lord, I just pray that your spirit speak because this new generation must learn that God is holy. Yes. Through their lack of faith and their willful disobedience, the previous generation demonstrated a disregard for the holiness of God and forfeited their entrance into the promised land. Now Israel, the new generation, must renew their understanding of a God that is holy. I have never seen such unholy things in my lifetime as I see on television and the news media today. I'm going to say this. It's my opinion. You can like it or not. I don't care. I understand. I want to tell you something. Our halftime show at the, at the football, what do you call it? The Super Bowl was an ab- nothing less than Satan worship. It's an absolutely disgrace to anything called grace. Pastor, what are you talking about? You know if you watched it. I just probably lost all my online friends. I hope not. God is a holy God, ladies and gentlemen, and America has become an unholy nation. God is holy. Secondly, God requires holiness from us. Now, I know I'm gonna sound like somebody 105 years old. That's okay. God had told Israel, let's read it. God has told Israel, Exodus 19, 6, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Deuteronomy 7 and 6, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above the peoples on the face of the earth. Young people, mom and dad, America, now that these people were where God wanted them to be and they needed to be what God wanted them to be in a special Righteous, holy relationship. Let's face it, there are times in our lives, just like Israel, when we find out that we simply refuse to consecrate ourselves to God. And we become unfaithful. And we become disobedient. Or we just decide that we are not going to give God any part of our life except some kind of a religious observation. I believe today in America and in Christ's legacy and all across this globe, but especially us in our nation, I believe today is a time to ask ourselves some really good basic questions. Here's some questions I think we should ask ourselves. Have we neglected and diminished the things of God? Have we been wandering in the wilderness, doing our own thing independent of God? Although three millennials, separate us from Israel camped at Gilgal I asked the question spiritually Perhaps there's little difference in them then and us today We can become preoccupied in our careers We can be eking out our own existence and giving the best to our children, and we should provide for our children. But let me add as a major warning to every parent and grandparent under the sound of my voice, we should provide for our children, but not at society's discretion and the demands and the values of a pagan society like America has become today. When I was a child, you wouldn't even start to see my parents allow me to have some kind of a poster of somebody who was in Hollywood because they're not the object of my worship. I told you, 105, 25. I want to tell you something. This book is never outdated. It is as real today as it's ever been. And I am burdened beyond my ability to speak to you about this country and our churches and our families and our children. God is holy, God requires holiness. I believe we need a fresh circumcision of the heart even in the house of God. I believe our nation needs a Passover revival so that we begin and become again somebody and what God has called us to be. Don't kid yourself. America's been blessed by beyond any other nation in the world, and God's done that because we have built it on him. Everything about our laws are built on Judeo-Christian values. So I have some more questions. Are we teaching our children a true worship to a truly holy God? Are we preaching to our nation from the pulpits in this country a true word of God that is holy? Are we teaching our children that we must be holy for our God is holy? Or are we simply going along trying constantly to amuse them and entertain them? and baby them and pet them and tell them that they really have no responsibilities. could to hit us good here. Do our children see a holiness to God in our lives? Does your children see a holiness to God in your family? Grandparents, do your children, do your grandchildren see a holiness in your life? Ladies and gentlemen, we've compromised so much with a a society that is so headed in a wrong direction. I wonder if we can really tell the difference in a Christian young person and one that's not. And young people, I love you. I want you to get full of the Lord, but I want to tell you something. God wants to use your life. Parents, grandparents, we are supposed to support them and train those children the way they should go so that they might fulfill the law and the word and the calling of God upon their lives. And that's not an easy job, it's the toughest job on planet Earth, but it is not the church's place, though we're to help. It is not the government's place, it is the parent's job God gave them to you to see that you make them young people who have a godly mind and that they live righteously before the Lord. Sometimes mom and dad, that means you can't be their friend. You have to be their parent, and you have to be in charge. i can just hear some i've had it said to me years before years ago i say things like this and some would say well boy a young person was boy to one of my sons boy i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to live in your house i tell you what you do go ask my two sons not afraid of it. Go ask them. Go ask my two sons. Better do it kindly.. <laughs> it broke my heart a lot of times to be the parent to discipline my children. And I know sometimes it seemed extreme, and maybe perhaps I was. How many of you know we've all made mistakes? I'm going to ask this question, do our children see a humility in us that admits sometimes we're wrong and brings us to the fact that we confess our sins not only to God but to each other? Church, ladies and gentlemen, our lives, our marriages, our churches, our nation needs revival. One final thing in the latter portion of Joshua 5, and I'll be through. When the pre-incarnate Son of God appeared to Joshua, I made the point a while ago, he fell on his face, took off his shoes, and worshiped. And because God is holy, where he is, is holy. That's why sometimes I seem like an old fogey, but there are just some things I don't want to see in the sanctuary. I don't want to see some off-colored t-shirts or clothes that... I don't wear skulls and snakes. (laughs) Pastor, you're getting in trouble. I know it. Those things to me speak of death. And my God is all about life. We have to be holy because God is holy. And what's the result? Chapter six, we read it. We'll be there next week joshua immediately obeyed god's instruction seven priests seven trumpets the ark the people on the first day march one time do that six days on the seventh day march the seventh time i want to tell you something the result of true worship the result true worship is obedience Joshua had learned that obedience is the sign of whether or not one's worship is authentic I just ask you where's there been a greater war in the church the last 30 40 years than in the worship Joshua learned, hear hear me, church, hear me. Joshua learned, and please, parents, young people, online, in this sanctuary, please understand this sentence, the rhythm of Joshua's life that when he came in contact with God was to fall down and to worship him and listen and then go obey him. 2022, is it possible that we gather here and go through motions of worship? And thank God for every good note. Thank God we don't want to be sharp and, and, and flat. And Thank God for all the talent that God has given this church because it's a gift to us. But let us dare not go through the motions of worship with no sec- circumcision of heart and with no regard to a consecration to God. Then leave this place and give no effort and no effect of obedience of how we live toward a holy God who requires holiness from us also. Sir, don't you dare turn on a pornographic site after you've come and worshiped in this place. If you do, it is not authentic worship. How many know there wasn't any sugar on that? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I want you to understand something. As much as I love you, God's not going to have me before you at your judgment seat and say, Brooks, what do you think about him? Because I'm going to vote for you every time, but I won't give an account for what you've done yourselves. We just take God's church. We'll attend it when we want to. We'll decide whether we will or not pay our tithes. We'll decide whether or not we're going to support. We'll decide whether we complain or whether we agree and we'll become God to ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, God is calling, I believe, in this last day, a circumcision of heart and a Passover to realize that God will protect us in this last day, but we're supposed to be about obeying him. And the church now drinks a little, we curse a little, we swap wives and we go through, we we have become so pagan and then we think because we have a good spiritual feeling that we're still in okay with God and we've done it despite to the grace of God. Pastor, what's the answer? I'll tell you plainly, true worship, true worship is to step into his presence and allow him to bring our will in conformity to his will. No wonder before a triumphant and a triumph at Jericho, God said, Time out. I'm going to give you that victory. But first, There must be a renewal. If you follow it, even through Moses and Joshua, the two-word command before every battle was, sanctify yourselves. I can't imagine what my colleagues in some pulpits might think about being this forward today. I care not if I'm politically correct. But I love your soul. I love you young people. And I love you parents and grandparents. And if you're online, understand my heart reaches. We need a renewal. How many of you know we need a renewal?